0: Oh. <laughs> Grapple fans, and welcome to yet another edition of Let Me Tell You Something, as myself, Lorca Mullen, and my co-host,
1: Simon Cross,
0: have been watching every match from early 1983 all the way to the most recent match that will probably that could yet still happen at time of recording in the year 2019, that Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer has rated five stars or higher. And we're in the year 2018, where Dave Meltzer was handing out five-star ratings like he was Boris Johnson trying to make friends. And it's... um. Simon, we've got a special one-two punch here today because it is the first five-star matches, two five-star matches to take place not only on the same date, which hadn't happened before, but on the same show. One show had two five-star matches. It must be some New Japan Tokyo Dome match, mustn't it, Simon? (laughs) You'd be wrong. Oh, my goodness gracious me.
1: Uh, to quote Booker T's, one of Booker T's lesser known signature moves, it's a bookend situation. Nice. And we open the card with the North inaugural match of the North American Championship at NXT TakeOver New Orleans between Lars Sullivan, Killian Dane, EC3, Velveteen Dream, Adam Cole, and Rick Chet, otherwise known as Rick O'Shea. My, uh,
0: my first note for this was remember when EC3 was a thing? Oh. And Sanity.
1: Oh. And
0: Lars Sullivan. Eh, it's less, less sympathy there, man. <laughs> I
1: mean, Lars is still probably going to be a thing at some point. Here's one for this... you as
0: well. I'm just thinking this. Is this the first time that someone gets a five-star match in their debut for a promotion?
1: Um, Now, I don't want to be very nitpicky, but I swear Lars Sullivan had a squash match where no, Samoa Joe... No, it's not Do-
0: Lars Sullivan, it's Ricochet.
1: Oh, Ricochet. Uh, the, but, but, yes? Shit.
0: He might have done a house show maybe beforehand, but this was his first <laughs> televised appearance.
1: No, you're right. Bloody hell, you're right. Is this EC3's first match?
0: Uh, I don't think so. Well, obviously he'd already appeared as Derek Bateman, so it wouldn't count one way or the other. Mm. But um what I'll be honest with you. At the time it happened, I was surprised this got five stars, and I'm still that way inclined now. Ooh. Not to say it's not good. But I don't see what makes this match stand out so much to Dave Meltzer against year upon year of multi-person ladder matches which has been the default of the ladder match really since money in the bank at WrestleMania 21 arguably the TLC matches but at least that was like three teams that now it's just like a oh, okayesque every man for himself you know yeah and i, I know was about to say but yeah it feels like it's structured the same it feels like it's built the same it's filmed the same the 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 finish is very similar to what you will get you know, you think one person's going to win, and then suddenly, oh, it's not that person; it's the other person. I'm, I'm truck Why do you think this is the match that sticks out to Dave Meltzer outside of just he's a fan of NXT, whereas he's not a fan of mainstream WW main roster WWE? I don't know. Uh, I Context think... is obviously key. Setting and crowd reaction is obviously key.
1: Yeah, but... I think it's. Um, for me, I think I guess it would be the way they use. The lad like the, they, they do seem to be quite innovative, but not innovative, really? not innovative. Uh, let me expand. Uh, not innovative in the sense where they go like over the top if innovation. You know, what I mean, I think sometimes with ladder matches and any match that involves an instrument, like my the bane of my life, tables matches. Um, you can really get you can outthink yourself and get like too complex. I don't think they do get too complex with the ladder stuff that they do do, if that makes sense. it's It flows more than other multi-person ladder matches I've seen. I
0: don't know. I find them, like, sort of interchangeable. Kind of like how I felt with WCW War Games matches, I guess, for the, as well. Mm. Um, I, I, I'm not saying this isn't a really entertaining match, and I'm sure if I saw it live, my jaw would have hit the floor on several occasions. But again, it's just that thing of, like... What has this match got that none of the TLC matches didn't have? What has this match got that the WrestleMania 21 Money in the Bank ladder match didn't have? There have been plenty of Money in the Bank matches, like, on both sides that have had these same fun character dynamics, you know? Like, it was really around... Well, I guess it was Kane at WrestleMania 21 and also, I guess, TLC4 that brought into this dynamic not just High Flyers or Brawlers as part of the ladder match uh, milieu, But actually monster wrestlers getting involved. And that's one of the key overriding stories of this match. That's yeah, Big Show had a... Um, Lars Sullivan and Killian Dane facing off at various points.
1: Yeah, Big Show had a Money in the Bank match where he was portrayed as that in that role as well. When yeah. Big Show was meant to be threatening. But it's hard to keep track.
0: And that's the thing, like, you can't keep... Like, I couldn't tell you who won the 2016 Money in the Bank match for Raw. Or, you know, or maybe there wasn't a Raw in SmackDown at that point, you know? No I
1: think there was. Yeah. I think oh, I couldn't yeah. You know what I don't know. <laughs>
0: like maybe that's one of the reasons why this was memorable because it was the first time it happened in NXT. It was for a new championship uh and it was won by someone who's pop- very popular with the crowd, you know. Yeah. That's the funniest thing as well because this is, in the end it's won by Adam Cole. Who I think I think most people saw as like one of the more likely people to win <clears> it at this show. Yeah, and it was really the start of the undis- Well, no, to be fair, they'd already won the tag team belts, but it became the start, I guess, of them wanting to hold all the cards, all the championships in in NXT. Yeah, which then was the overriding storyline for the past year and a half. Since then, um, but it's so funny, Adam Cole does all these crazy stunts, duels, all these crazy fun, great sequences, and probably outside of his super kicks flurry and him catching Ricochet midair. Nothing comes close to getting the response of just the crowd getting, to say, Adam Cole, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. It's, and I guess it's uh... also a compliment to Adam Cole because he not only gets the spectacle, he gets the character, he gets the getting the crowd involved. You know? Yeah. The crowd wants to when they see Adam Cole come out, they really want to do Adam Cole, baby.
1: He he has that connection to the crowd, and it enables him to like put himself in a position where he doesn't take a lot of abuse mm. comparatively to all the other people in the match but yet yeah, yeah a because he wins and b because he's got the catchphrase uh he he's the one you remember
0: like adam, adam cole as a wrestler as a character has always been played as someone who's using his head as much as he's using he's picking and choosing his fights you know yeah he's not just like And unfortunately like pretty much every babyface is portrayed as just not necessarily like losing, everyone says like as soon as you turn face you lose like 10 IQ points in, in wrestling matches, you'll chase managers around the ringside area yeah. and will do all those sort of things, you know whereas, I guess maybe it's also because it's that tradition of the heel leading a match but obviously this match, no one can lead it necessarily, unless, you, unless a pod's opened up and Dolph Ziggler just has to yell at everyone of what to do in a different kind <laughs> of multi-person match um but yeah, like, there are through lines in this match. There seems to be like fundamental character playoffs with each other of of um especially Killian Dane and Lars Sullivan. Like they tease it right at the start when they both throw out all the other members of the team all the other mem- not the team, but all the other members of the match. But they don't yeah. face off and then like, around the halfway point, they do a thing where, they're like, they're both throwing Ricochet around the place. Yeah,
1: they but, do, like, a bit of one-upsmanship where they just yeet him across the yeah. ring. <laughs> you just think, poor
0: Rick. But I think I just noticed the structure of this match, maybe, in particular, is it's just, like, everyone gets their exhibition moment. Like, everyone gets that, like... So, it starts off with... Uh, so, Ricochet gets his first big thing when he's hitting shooting star, press plancher to the outside. And then... Um, him and Velveteen have a trade off when Ricochet, like I said, like Ricochet exhibition. Then Killian Dane takes over. Then L- Lars Sullivan takes over. Then Adam Cole gets to do his super kick flurry, and EC three has his moments. You yeah. know, it's just like <clears throat> there's—I don't know—I I, I, there's clear blocking in this match, you know. And obviously that's kind of structure, but maybe I was just too aware of the joins in the structure, you know. Mm. And maybe because. This is a type of match that WWE has bombarded us with for years now.
1: Do you reckon it's like the cell then, like ladder matches are saturated because yeah. we have them every year?
0: Yeah. The problem is that WWE hasn't really created new gimmick matches for years. Really, what's the last like new idea they did? Some of them just uh, stick the like Ambrose it. Asylum match. But that's just a cage match, isn't it? And then you got Punjabi Prison as well. Like, you had that brief run of the championship scrambles for a couple of years. Yeah.
1: Um, where Brian Kendrick was very briefly WWE champion.
0: Yeah, but it's like... Do you get where I'm... I hope I'm making it... I'm not trying to be a misery guy. And it's probably better that they do something a bit different instead of just another knockout tournament. Especially since, also in the show, there was the Dusty Roads knockout tournament. Uh, tag team tournament. Tag so team classic, know. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean... Ladder
1: matches are fun. why do you like a ladder match and you don't like a tables match? That's what
0: baffles me. What is your problem with
1: tables matches? Do you know what it is? Tables matches just seem a lot more awkward because uh, the the obstacle... They're both like obstacle-orientated goals to win the match. Uh, But the obstacles more... (laughs) Obstacle, sorry, the object. Object would be a far better word. The object in a tables match is far more of an issue because you've actually got to put them through it. Whereas the ladder is still a tool in the ladder match. There's still something else you have to do rather than just, you know, set up a ladder or hit someone with a ladder. Um, It's just the way they like end up doing. Always, there's always a teetering spot on the apron in a tables match. There's always a
0: teetering spot in a ladder match. Yeah. Um, there's always there's a part a... where people both on either sides of the ladder climb up, and there's always a part where like there's all, maybe all six or eight or however many of the people are all up there fighting each other. And again, that's my yeah. problem with this match getting five stars. It's like why this? Why not? Why? Why we yeah, I mean... ever give it to the Hardys and the Edge and Christian and the Dudley Boys ladder matches, which were about innovation and were new and fresh and exciting? And Jeff Hardy was creating these awe-inspiring moments that you remember to this day. To this day, I remember Jeff Hardy being the first one to leapfrog over a ladder to give him a higher jump when he does a leg drop to Edge in the first No Mercy match. I remember them, like, Jeff Hardy falling off of one ladder that Matt Hardy tips over, but that allows him to get onto the other ladder and push Edge off to win the match. I remember Jeff Hardy doing the first swanton off of the huge special ladder coming up. I remember Edge spearing Ed Jeff Hardy off of it because Jeff realises that they could do like a dangling spot, which to be fair, they'd done in the SummerSlam before that, you know? Yeah. I remember those. There's nothing in this match I'm going to particularly remember. Uh, maybe I would have remembered Adam Cole's mid- mid-air uh, super kick to Ricochet, but they if did he a bad version it. of it yeah. in, in the PWG match that we saw and the subsequent one-on-one match at the uh, War Games, I think it was. Yeah,
1: the one-on-one one was beautiful. Um... Yeah, I mean...
0: Again, uh, I like my... this match a lot. I'm just baffled it got five stars.
1: Yeah. Uh, to go back to my point about tables matches, though, um, I guess the difference of why I like ladder matches a lot more than I like tables matches is the... Let's call them mandatory bits that you get in both these types of matches. The I find the tables ones far more tedious than I find the ladder ones. It's just the way tables matches are like presented. The cl- there's a clunkiness to them, which, but, and there is some there is some clunkiness in ladder matches, but it's yeah, nowhere say, near see- it's it's nowhere near the same level of clunkiness you get in tables matches. I I I I could barely think of like five like two or three decent tables matches.
0: Well, I will have to disagree F- with you there up to a point. One day we're going to have to look at that Hardy Boys Dudley Boys royal rumble table match and maybe i'll change your opinion a bit then but you know that's there's also um i mean also main event like table matches are very rarely the main event so they're not really there to steal the show that much they are usually like a supporting mid carb match so like they're probably told to not go all out with stuff you know yeah but like whereas with this ladder match they were obviously encouraged to go out there and Put on a five star match if they can, and some people obviously thought that they did. Um, but, like, uh, here's another thing that's started to happen in these ladder matches since, like, the Money in the Bank. It's obviously the ladders are starting to be made of different stuff or specific types of. There are some ladders that maybe are marked especially Because now the ladder also takes the role of the table in so many of these matches now. Yeah, People getting powered through ladders, or I think there's like two in this match, are there? When they're on the edge, because yeah. they like make a bridge out of one of them.
1: Yes, I think like um, Ricochet's put through one. Yeah, and who else gets absolutely like done through one as well? I can't remember the individual, but um, I, I, I guess that proves your point that I can't even remember who exactly. took those sorts of bumps.
0: Like, the uh... only thing I can remember, I think when Jeff Hardy did it to Edge to take him out of their WrestleMania twenty three, one in the Money in the Bank, and also I remember Sheamus doing it to Sin Cara. And that taking Sin Cara out of the match. I don't know if that's because like he got a splinter, so he thought, well, I can't wrestle anymore. <laughs> um. <laughs> Meow, Jesus. But yeah, no, awkward moments in this. I mean, really early on, Velveteen Dream's having a nightmare setting up the ladder in the corner. And Ricky's yeah. so just standing there having to sell to the point that he just realizes that's too long. We're just going to have to go and leave the ladder where it is. So there's awkwardness with the ladder when uh, Ricochet again like jumps onto um, Lars Sullivan's back at one point. Obviously, I don't think, given how awkward the bump was, they weren't meant to fall. I assume mm. maybe Lars was meant to carry him up whilst he kept climbing, maybe. But that didn't happen. Yeah. Uh... And that's not me really having a go at them for that. You know, mistakes will happen. and It still looks amazing. Especially how they worked it with the camera that a Ricochet just suddenly appears. I nowhere. do love that. My oh, yeah.
1: favorite one is um, when Shelton Benjamin springboards on onto the top of the ladder and starts hammering away at someone in a Money in the Bank well, match. There,
0: there we go. There's another iconic moment. You know, WrestleMania 21, uh, Shelton Benjamin sprints up the ladder. Um, yeah. That's set up. But again, like, there's nothing... i tell you what. This is a slight departure, but not but, but thematically along the same lines. When um, WWE went on... SmackDown went on Fox... Um... WWE on Fox's YouTube account put on like the five most iconic moments in SmackDown history. Yeah, I think the most recent one was twelve years ago. <laughs> do you get where I'm coming from?
1: Yeah, I, I, I do. I do see your argument in in uh, this. I. I think it's I'm I think it I think it's, it's a, a fine good,
0: match. Yeah, it's a very good multi person ladder match because the WWE usually does a very good multi person ladder match every year.
1: Yeah. Because the wow. multi bank match
0: is usually a good match. You usually. can't go wrong with some cool stunts. And because yeah. there's so many people to take it, the pace stays at a high level and no one's really got to do that much too too much dangerous stuff, like how Jeff Hardy just had to take an insane number of bumps in his matches. That's now Sort of shared evenly around, you know.
1: Yeah, a lot more evenly around, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, how Jeff is able to walk. Sometimes I, I
0: think I think Lars Sullivan was very nervous in this match. One of the points I make is that he there's one point where his big spot is hitting uh, Killian Dane with Uranagi off the ladder.
1: Yeah. And he was
0: actually going down the rungs before he did it. He did it off the second rung of the ladder. <laughs> Kind of reminded me of when the big boss man would occasionally hit, like, a move from the bottom rope.
1: Yeah, well...
0: <laughs> I'm not going to go for Lars for doing that, because I wouldn't even go up at the second rung of a ladder, <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, because well, yeah, I, I, he's so big, I, I think that massive knee brace isn't just decorative. I I, I think, you've, you know, the, there's elements of how much stress is already on his joints as yeah. well. And, well, Lars... Well, apparently, may have a history of like more than just nervousness as well. If God, some rooms are to be loads. believed,
0: a lot of histories. yeah, you should be deleting those internet search histories as well. I'm <laughs> um,
1: um, but like,
0: also, so I... another thing about this, like I said, it's like an exhibition. I think this is almost, even though this was him maybe at his peak of like excitement of what he might be about to do. I think EC three gets lost in the shuffle in this match quite a lot. Yes, uh, And I think that, um, actually, I don't think Velveteen Dream actually gets to do that much outside of his top of the Big, ladder. Elbow. Uh, elbow we drop. don't get those yeah. awesome character moments that he has in these matches, uh, in, in usually in his singles matches. You know, there's nothing in this that's like, made me a fan of his more, except maybe his top of the ladder. Because he literally was on the top of the ladder. Whilst, yeah. you know, whilst, whilst Killian Dame is essentially going off of the bottom rope. If you kept building the ropes up and up, Velveteen Dream probably jumped off the sixth rope with that yeah. elbow drop. Um, and he was really doing cool because he was doing those elbow drops, the, the Purple Rainmaker. Um, but he was doing it, like, across the ring and, like, over ladders. Like, over people, even, to hit someone with it. And that was cool. But, again, I just feel like people can get lost in the shuffle and EC3 gets really lost in the shuffle. The, yeah, there are... All... I remember the most in him was him doing EC3, baby.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> there are always passengers in a multi person ladder match, and that's not the fault of them. It's just the, f- the way it is. Mm. Like, some people are going to be able to. Gonna well, some people weren't necessarily we in
0: that environment. Obviously, this was as much to make Ricochet look great. But again, I just think, like, I would have just had Ricochet debut against, you know, someone like a Cesaro who's a perfect sprint platform for him. Because then he can Uh, win on his debut uh, as well, you know? And obviously that hasn't hurt Ricochet in the long run or anything like that. I think he beats Adam Cole for the North American title very soon after this.
1: It is in their rematch,
0: I I believe. Yeah. Um, Uh, It's it's fine. Yeah, it's It's, just because one really cool spot I liked was the uh, attempt to powerbomb Lars off the ladder. Where Ricochet does the sunset flip and he's not able to do it. So then I think EC3 on one side and Velveteen Dream on the other side are also trying to bring him down as well. And I think it's like someone I, else. There's a the moment where they're too. like all straining. I was like, Jesus Christ, there's about 57 abs on display at this moment. <laughs> and I think Adam Cole climbs in the tent to help them, but then they do it like maybe before he gets involved and Adam Cole suddenly realises, hang about. Adam Cole's um, facial expressions are just out of this world. They if, are gone. If Adam Cole was like three inches, four, three or four inches taller, and had a had a body frame that could just get more muscle mass to it. Vince yeah. Man would be Vince Man would, would push would see him as his new Shawn Michaels, I think, at that point, and would push him to the moon. Mm-hmm. I really no, he yeah, get a push, but that size, like, he just he is a small guy even for his height. Like, you know, obviously he's in amazing physical condition, but he just can't seem to grow any kind of mass to save him save his life and when he did then super dragon and chuck taylor will body shame him for uh, <laughs> as much as they could yeah
1: yeah it's he'll be fine like i he'll think fine, he's, he's but got like I said, the
0: if he if he had the physical like the physique and the size of Shawn michaels he would i wouldn't even doubt that he'd main event to wrestlemania at some point. And he has the talent of a main eventer of WrestleMania. Yeah. He's got the looks. I mean, he's got movie star good looks.
1: He's, he, I reckon he's still showing through, despite I think he could, but it'll be hard for him. Yeah, it will be. But I think he's got the tools to overcome that.
0: I think his notes. I think he's another guy like him and Velveteen, I think are ones that Triple H is like. I need to keep these guys away from Vince for as long as possible. <laughs> and now Valentina, especially i Vel- i just want to talk velveteen about could it uh, it, ter- it
1: terrifies me that velveteen could be the reverse elias uh
0: in what way oh
1: like how elias just d- d- didn't seem to connect at all in nxt then went to the main roster and absolutely smashed it out the park early doors I just whereas f- velveteen's con velveteen's connecting in nxt and i i i am afraid that
0: i know they're coming from i still feel like if everything is right and just in the world Velveteen Dream is a multiple-time WrestleMania headliner. He literally has everything that you need to be a star. Yeah. Charisma, looks, athleticism, size, an um, innovative mind, presence. And this is the thing that I love about Velveteen Dream. He is a man that's taking inspiration. Like, when you look at so many of the wrestlers now, they're taking their inspiration very visibly from people like William Regal. Fit yeah. Finlay, um, Justin Thunder Liger, Chris Benoit, I guess, even to this day, unfortunately, Eddie Guerrero, Kazuchika Okada, I guess now, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Rey Mysterio, Velveteen Dream seems to be the only one that has been studying Hulk Hogan, <laughs> Savage, Ravishing Rick Rude, um, Ric Flair. He wants to be those kind of guys. And I've not seen anyone with that level of charisma since The Rock. Mm -hmm. Can you not imagine Velveteen Dream in his full get-up appearing on Conan O'Brien with the three-eye sunglasses and people not thinking, this is interesting. That this is something that mainstream people would be like, this is not the traditional wrestling figurehead, but this is a guy that intrigues, I think, could intrigue the general public.
1: He captivates eyeballs. He, I, I, I get what you're saying. There's no
0: one who I get more excited to see doing entrances than him, whether he's doing a Hulk Hogan tribute or a Rick Rude tribute or a Randy Savage tribute, you know, or, or just doing something about the... Ca- and he's also... He's the one... Like I said, so many of the wrestling matches, and this is one of them as well, where you're fitting them into that, that structure... And it's, I have my moves, you have your moves, let's push them together, let's melt them together into a pot. Whereas yeah. Velveteen is reacting to the person that he's wrestling. When he was feuding, and a lot of it, like, this is the thing I always go to, one of the things I love about the five-star matches, is, like, Velveteen's whole thing is that he can do everything everyone else can do. Like, he can knock out Cassius Ono. He can, get ah. into the, he can get into the mind of Alistair Black and make him say his name. He can outperform Ricochet on any kind of like level. You know, he is making the matches mean something because they mean something to him. That was like CM yes. Punk was always able to make it seem like when he was in a feud with someone, the main thing that mattered to him in this life was to beat this person. Yeah, no, and I feel the like yeah. same with Velveteen Dream, but for different reasons—not because of hatred, but because of his character and how he wants to get to people, and how he himself perceives himself. You know?
1: Yeah, no, I, 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 I and do I get that. And I wait for
0: Vince McMahon to just tell him to f it up.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ!
0: I apologize for the use of that language, but don't you think that's what Vince would say if he thought he could get away with saying it?
1: Ah. Uh... I, I, I'd, I'd rather not think about it, but you, you may well be right. Yeah, it's, what, it does, it's one of the main things that worries me about Velveteen Dream uh, is that he will just become, like, um, a camp man, like, Whereas, which like, he isn't.
0: No, like, he, like, yeah, that was someone who was trying to say, like, what is, what is Velveteen Dream's thing? Is it just gay? Yeah. Like, he was saying, is this gay panic? I said, I don't think it is. He's like, I think that he's a gender-fluid pansexual. And that's a very twenty nineteen thing to be, and I don't think Vince McMahon could possibly comprehend that. You know, I think it's like Prince. Yeah, obviously, there's a, obviously, you know, it is equal parts Prince, Rick, Rick Rude, Randy Savage. Yeah, uh, you know, a little bit of maybe a bit of Rick James in there as well, uh, and Jimmy, and it's, Jimmy it's, Hendrix as well.
1: But I, I I'm speaking purely in terms of the sex, like the sexuality that he emanates is is, is, and, is Prince, isn't and they do it? It's say like
0: that in the commentary, don't they? As well, they they make allusions to Gorgeous George, Exotic Adrian yeah. Streets. Um, I think there was another one, and obviously Gold Dust as well as the most recent version. Yeah. of that, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I mean um, he's he's just him, and he's enjoying that.
0: And I think what works as well with the Ricochet. I was love that bit in the Ricochet view that followed this. Where he's walking down the ramp And he's telling Ricochet everything And there isn't obviously like a, a gay undercut. There is a gay tension to it Yeah And whereas when you looked at Goldust When they did that with Razor Ramon It's all about Razor Ramon's uncomfortable is homophobia And I actually thought this was Vince McMahon Pressing buttons in an interesting way As far as he can go But you know he was going to fuck it up eventually um, There's a very good Wrestling with Regrets video About the Goldust character but what I like about it, the way that Ricochet did, was he leaned into it and was making a point that you're not getting to me. And I think there was very much an intentional element to Velveteen Dream telling him like you you, you don't impress me. Then Ricochet doing a somersault onto his feet on the outside, and every man in the world with any slight, every man or woman in the world with slight knee issues think, oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> And then Ricochet leans into the microphone, and I think his lips literally touch it slightly, <laughs> and he's just saying, "You're not going to get to me because I don't care what you are." Yeah, and maybe I can play you at that game if you're actually going to push it, you know. So I think that's another way to do it, you know.
1: Hmm. i I I think the way it's being done at the moment it, with him is very, very well. Is really good. Mm. It's yeah. I, I you're right. I just have that Vince fear.
0: Hopefully, but hopefully, hopefully he's he working. Sees, he sees that like this is this is as close as we've come to another rock because it really is. Yeah, as close as we've come to a new version of the rock or, so, or record with the potential to have rock similar charisma and command of an audience, like have an audience in the palm of his hands. Velveteen could do that. He could,
1: but the the, the call up record is just so poor. I there's just a don't. Very,
0: there's a very easy version of Velveteen that you just turn into a pretty much a mid carder for life. Yeah, like like Gold Dust, essentially. You know. <sighs>
1: um,
0: but to go back to the match, is there anything else that we've left off? Really, I'm not just really
1: no. Um, it's I think I think it is what it is. It's just there. It's it, it doesn't really. Stay in the palette uh, for a long period of time, it, but it is it is a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a lot of fun. I just don't think it's five star fun, yeah. and I just don't know why this is the only other ladder match that gets five stars.
1: <sighs> I I couldn't I can I couldn't really answer that question. I think maybe it's historical context. It doesn't
0: innovate like the Shawn Michaels Razor Ramon match did. Yeah. It doesn't innovate in in any way, shape, or form.
1: Playing devil's advocate for it, it is pretty hard to reinvent the wheel when everyone's driving around in cars, you know. But it's
0: been done. Shawn Michaels reinvented it. Jeff Hardy and Edge and Christian and Matt Hardy reinvented it. The people that took part in the first couple of Money in the Bank matches reinvented it. Shelton Benjamin helped reinvent it. Kane mm. helped reinvent it.
1: True. I mean, it. But it's hard. The, hard, the more re, more reinvention there is, the harder it is to be new and innovative is all is what i'm trying to say Well,
0: maybe nxt should be trying to make a new match instead of relying on ladder matches and bringing about war games
1: oh you know yeah i mean gimmick make, we...
0: make your own war games make your own ladder match There's I mean... make your own hell in the cell there must be new ideas out there somewhere oh
1: yeah i think you're right i think we haven't seen a lot of new gimmicks in a while i mean it's Maybe, maybe maybe it is a bit stale. Maybe some things need to be like not retired, but semi-retired mm-hmm. for a long time.
0: Right. Well, I I'm, I don't want to be so negative. Uh, I think some people might have been annoyed at me in this podcast <laughs> for a number of reasons. If that is the case, I apologize. I can get passionate about things um, uh, unnecessarily passionate. So if I've if I've annoyed you or upset you, I apologize, and I hope you continue listening to the podcast. I'm not as bad, maybe as I can was in moments in this one. It's very tired, and I need to go to bed. <laughs> but before then, you can get in touch with us via social media, and I'll wake up the next day to go. Oh fuck! Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, well, if you want to get in touch with me first on social media, uh, you can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Uh, free for hopefully um, there aren't as many cases as free of spinal stenosis coming from this match.
0: My name is Lorcan Mullen. That's L O R C A N M U L L A for Ascend, N for Nosebleed Section. That's my Twitter Wait. handle, Instagram, Facebook, Let's Box. If you put an that, gmail.com at the end of it, that's my email address. The show's email address is lmtyspod at gmail.com. Lmtyspod is also our Twitter handle. And you can also follow us on Facebook as well. Simon, what is our next match? Because we're not moving anywhere, really, are we? Uh,
1: well, we are moving two and a bit hours forward in time, but that's about First,
0: it. Yeah, the furthest that might have been is someone going for a piss break <laughs> because they could have still witnessed the second five-star match of the night, according to Dave Meltzer. They should what definitely
1: see a doctor if they didn't see anything else in the interim, though. Definitely see a doctor. Uh, we are watching the unsanctioned match between Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gagano.
0: Mm.
1: Oh,
0: yes. want to talk about Epic.
1: That's an episode. Oh, that. I think I've sort of sold the farm actually.
0: there. That might be one to genuinely talk about innovation. But we'll hold yeah. on to that until our next episode. So until then, all we have left to say is that my name's Luke Mullen.
1: And my name's Simon Cross.
0: Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five star time. Until the next time. the stars When I reach for your love For so far above me you always will be like a cloud. so far